This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, Chip Patterson, not crazy, my friend. Cover 3 podcast, CBSSports.com. Uh, appreciate your time as always. Let's get uh, let's get right to it. I want to start with Duke and Notre Dame real quick from Saturday night. Uh, and I wanted and I I did this Monday. I wanted to pay Duke the ultimate compliment by criticizing them for blowing the game against mm. Notre Dame. Not that I didn't really have a problem with the decision to punt. I thought there were three uh, three choices and any one of them was defendable. Uh, I actually think that they took the one that I would have chosen. Uh, whereas worst case scenario is you give them the ball to 20 as opposed to the other scenarios where you give them the ball really no worse than like the 33 yard line. Um, so, but I thought they blew the game because they were the better team and they should have won that game, especially in the second half, because I thought they had a chance at the playoff the way they were playing and with their wins. Uh, how crazy am I to say that out loud? To put a pass in front of Mike Elko's Duke Blue Devils that includes not just beating Notre Dame, but then going on to win you know crucial games uh, against NC State, Florida State, and Louisville, uh, to go up against North Carolina, uh, to be able to round out what could be an undefeated or one loss season yeah. as they show up to play for the ACC championship is not crazy, but you're not doing any of that without Riley Leonard. Right. I mean, you're, you're spin, you're, you're spinning forward in a future where we've already had to make a big course correction. Now, look, I, I want to go back to the first thing you said. Duke's defense was the best individual unit on the field on Saturday uh-huh. night in Wallace Wade stadium. Yep. Duke's defense is the reason why I believe that Duke is not going to suddenly see its entire campaign fall off a cliff mm-hmm. because that group has gone up against Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick, and that group has gone up against Sam Hartman and Notre Dame's offense, and that group has been so, so strong. <laughs> if Duke's defense did enough to be able to win that football game, um, you know, Obviously, you keeping Sam Hartman from converting a fourth and sixteen mm. would be the one thing yep. that uh, that would have you know changed the outcome overall. Yep. But overall, this is still a ACC championship caliber defense. But I do think that it has not been an ACC championship caliber offense for the entirety of the season, and so. College football playoff feels like a little bit of a stretch, but this is still very much a, a team that even with the loss of its star quarterback, to me still has its strongest unit for now, at least mostly intact. Yeah, but here's the thing. In the second half, their offense was good. The second half, they ran the ball effectively, and they made plays in the passing game when they could not run the ball and really abandoned the run or maybe even didn't really even attempt the run. They came out almost exclusively early as a throwing team. And I'm sure that was the game plan to maybe loosen up Notre Dame's defensive line so uh, Duke would eventually run it. But finally, in the second half, they said, screw it. This is who we are. We're going to run the ball. And they were effective doing it. And then that opened up some plays in the passing game. I think their offense was very good. They ran the ball for over 150 yards in the second half. So they showed good offense. 
Uh, and if they stop Sam Hartman from picking up fourth and 16, still don't understand how that happened. Um, then Riley Leonard doesn't get hurt. And right. the uh, Blue Devils, again, the to me, the shocking statement for people would be, what do you mean Duke would have a chance to be in the playoff? Clemson ain't bad. Notre Dame's good. If you had those two wins on your resume, I'm not saying they would have run the table because it's hard to run the table no matter how good you are. Uh, but And their schedule is tough. Florida State on the road, Louisville on the road. I mean, heck, NC State at home isn't going to be easy. North Carolina also on the road. I mean, there are plenty of potential losses on their on their calendar, but I also think that there's only one game where they're going to be even a significant underdog, and that's going to be at Florida State. Uh, I don't think they'll be a significant underdog at Louisville, and I definitely don't think they'll be a significant underdog at North Carolina. Uh, this Duke team is very good when when they are completely healthy. Let me now let me fold this into the rest of the national picture uh, because to me I'm just paying them respect by essentially criticizing Duke. No no moral victories uh, walking off Wallace Wade Stadium. How many teams right now? I because I think the number is enormous. Have a chance to be in the college football playoff in your opinion? Ooh, nine maybe. Well, I think the number is bigger than that. Um, but yeah, but or, or you're just, you, Adam, you're not always butt heads at this time of I year know. because you're, you, you're very open-minded about like what could happen and all of the uh, potential paths. And I'm a little bit more of looking for a, a certain caliber or a certain quality, believing that over the course of a full regular season campaign, that your flaws are going to end up preventing you from being able to accomplish even what seem on paper, like the best possible outcomes. I think Florida State's the only team from the ACC that is really going to be in the mix for the college football playoff. By the way, I think uh, you're ultimately going to be right in the number, and, and I will be wrong, um, but because uh, I'm just writing them all down now, and I uh, I agree. I didn't put UNC on my list. Yeah, I mean, I you know, you've got three out of the Big Ten. Um, you've got one and a half out of the SEC, and I'm not even sure about the no, half. I don't. And it's I'll just one. Questions about the one. Yeah, I. Me um, too. Yeah, I like. I think Oregon's the best team in the Pac-12, uh-huh. the most well-rounded. Both USC and Washington have flaws on the defensive side of the football, and they've got a chance to, you know, beat each other up just a little bit. I think Texas is outstanding and will show its class and caliber this Saturday against an Oklahoma team that's been a little bit puffed up by a soft schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at this where the Big Ten is the conference that has a good chance to get two teams in, um, and then you've got, you know, Texas, you've got a Florida State, you've got a Georgia, and then, you know, whoever can survive the gauntlet that is the Pac-12, that's kind of <laughs> how I see those, you know, top five or six spots shaken out at the end of the season. Yeah, I've got – I in. Like in review, I have nine. I have nine teams. I don't have Notre Dame on that list, although I probably should with just one loss at home at the Horn. Uh, you know, ten men. They got a red card, just like Liverpool. Uh, so Notre Dame with ten men, unfortunately, could not beat Ohio State. But other than that, if Notre Dame were to win out, Notre Dame would certainly be uh, be in that playoff mix because that would include some pretty impressive wins, including a road win at Louisville, who has proven to be at least good. Um, and then Southern Cal is the week after that in South Bend. Um, but, yeah, Georgia, Florida State, Texas, I don't see any other schools out of the out of those three leagues really being true contenders. 
Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Oregon, Washington. Uh, there are a lot of other good teams, though, but no no teams that I think are the caliber to go undefeated. Uh, you know, maybe with one loss, we we probably wouldn't have put TCU on the list back uh, at this time a year ago. So it's kind of weird, uh, but it, it just feels like it's more wide open. Does it feel that way to you? And is it because we have different teams in the mix? Ooh, I like that theory. Now, I've you know when I'm doing my analysis, the Chipolytics are showing the top come back to the pack, right? Yeah. Like if it, the teams at the very top of the season, when I'm looking at power ratings going into the year, have all dropped. Ohio State, Notre Dame, we come out of that game, and I dropped both teams. Um, you know, this is uh, like across the board. We've really yet to see that truly dominant, what are we going to do with this juggernaut? Uh, Auburn ran the ball for 200 yards against Georgia's supposedly vaunted defense. I mean, we've got to now look at Georgia and say, okay, that's a group that is nowhere near the standard of what we're used to. Alabama, nowhere near the standard of what we're used to. Clemson, clearly nowhere near the standard of what we're used to. The fact that it's different teams makes it feel wide open, but I would still say that the number one, number two, number three teams, based on what they have shown on the field, are not as strong as the number one, number two, number right. three teams in previous seasons. Teams get better. Shocking. That's why coaches make millions of dollars <laughs> to try and help these guys improve over the course of a regular season campaign. I, I just think that right now the really, really good teams are not as far ahead of the pretty good teams as they have been, and that's what gives the idea of it being a little bit more wide open. But when you really are starting to boil down to like, okay, well, who do you see coming out of all these different parts of the country? That There are tiers within a conference, right? So Florida State is not perfect, but it is without a doubt the best team in the ACC. Georgia, as I just mentioned, not perfect, but without a doubt the best team in the SEC. Those kinds of scenarios are at least making it easier to pare down the picture, at least from where we sit right now. Your TCU comment, absolutely worth taking into consideration. But I I think the top tier looks gettable. But, like, we are not going to have a 2007. And this was actually a good note that was uh, brought up by my colleague Bud Elliott on the Cover 3 podcast. You know, because it feels wide open, there's been a lot of mentions of the the season of 2007, which was absolutely crazy. Number one and number two teams kept losing. Everybody would cycle up and then lose. And and sure enough, we get ourselves a two-loss national champion (laughs) in LSU at the end of the year. Do you know how many top 15 teams have lost outright as a double-digit favorite through five weeks of the season? This year? This year. uh, Five. Adam Gold in studio with my friend Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. One of the things you do is you plan for worst-case scenarios. Yeah. Why? Well, because it happens. For instance, you're 65. You're thinking about retirement. You've got a million dollars built up in your 401k. You never rolled that money into a lifetime income plan, and the market tanked, and most of your money in 401k was in high risk. Let's prevent that. Putting some of the money you have in a lifetime income environment, then you never worry about market downfall. So call us. We'll show you in writing if you call right now. 888 or you can text Adam to 600-700, and maybe you get some coffee, too. One. One. The Clemson Tigers to the Duke Blue Devils on Monday night in week one. It feels like all these top teams are gettable, 
but we have not seen those kinds of upsets at all so far with those top 10, top 15 teams. Chip Patterson is with us as he is every Wednesday as we talk college football. Um, who are when? Give me the Chipolytics top four right now. All right, right now the Chipolytics. I, I know Ohio State is my uh, my number one. Okay, and most of that's honestly because of the defensive side of the ball. Right. Like they are, they are an absolute terror right now. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, Penn State. And and your and your chipolytics look at Michigan and ignore the fact that they have played basically high schools. Um, that <laughs> so they have gained more. Do you know about available yards percentage? Uh, no, I do not. Okay, so if you I've heard you guys talk the, about it. I think on the cover three. Yeah, so uh, kickoff goes out of bounds. Um, you know the the touchback. You get the ball at the twenty five. Your available yards on that drive are is, 75. Is 75 yards. Okay. So what percentage every single time that you get the ball do you reach all of the oh, yards, okay. a.k.a. take it all the yes. way and score a touchdown? I have heard you guys you talk do, about it. Yeah, you can do available yards percentage offense. You can do available yards percentage defense. Michigan is basically number one in that. Right. Uh, you've also got the amount of time that Michigan has trailed or led in games. You've got the amount of time that Michigan has led by double digits in games. Like, I know that we joke about game control from those early right. college football playoff uh, days, but at some point, the way that you are playing has to matter and not necessarily be docked by the fact of the level of opponent that you are playing. Michigan has done, I mean, they're just playing with their food in the fact that they don't seem to be taking it very seriously or doing anything creative, but they don't have to do anything right. creative because they are doing the absolute most you can do to play successful football and only needing, I don't know, an hour and a half of football to get it done. I mean, these Michigan mm-hmm. games are done in like 245 with the new right. clock rules. Um, so I, I, that's why I've still got Michigan rated really high. Okay, here, here's my my counter to that is – who you play impacts those numbers. And sure. East Carolina, again, all respect, one and four, only a win uh, over um, Gardner Webb. Uh, UNLV and uh, what a school from the MAC, uh, right? I think the. No, 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 no. No, we do not boast about the ACC's four and one record, but ignore Bowling Green beating Georgia Tech. No, that no, is not but, just the school from the Mac. That is the Bowling Green win <laughs> over Georgia. That's Tech. fine. I got no, I got no problem with that. I have no problem with slamming Georgia Tech for losing that game. Uh, but those are th- Michigan's three non-conference games, uh, plus Rutgers, right? Plus Nebraska, who's terrible. And I'm to me that it who you play matters in every sport known to man. Who you play matters. I'm not saying that Michigan is not great. I'm just saying that I think the jury is still out on how great they are based on who they have played. And uh, we well, see compared to Georgia, they've done better. Like Georgia and Georgia Michigan, too. Georgia and Michigan have played soft schedules. Michigan has been better against a soft schedule than Georgia has. Yeah, I got no I I had zero problem. I, like again, I'm not saying that neither of those teams are good, but if I were ranking, if I were a, an AP voter, there is no way I would have either of those teams number one because at some point I need to see what you have done. 
So Texas or Florida State or Ohio State or Penn State these or Oregon, these would be better teams for me. Or Mich- or with even uh, Washington, these would be better teams for me because they have at least accomplished something, and I don't believe Michigan and Georgia have accomplished anything at this point. And I will say, if I was an AP voter, I would not strictly go off power ratings, especially not once we've got more than three or four games into the season. Um, I think it more informs betting decisions and picks and right. how to compare teams against each other rather than, to me... An AP top 25 ballot does need to include, um, you know, rewards for wins regardless of who they are against and does need to include, um, you know, the who you played, who you beat, what's your best win, what's your worst loss. Like those, those things that we associate with human polls, I, I do think that that's what it would happen. And when I fill out my CBS Sports 133 ballot, top 50 spots, I don't just go strictly off the power rating. Right. That would just be something that, you know, is another another data point to use because if we just go off the power ratings, Clemson's still a top 15 team. If we just go off mm-hmm. the power ratings, then LSU does deserve to be top 25 when I think it's ludicrous that LSU is in the top 25 <laughs> at 3-2 and two, uh, in the most recent AP top 25 poll. Like, at this point in the season, I would rather reward Louisville. I would rather reward... Air Force, James Madison, like yeah. these teams that have done nothing but win football games then prop up a team just because its power rating is strong. Because guess what? The power rating of any team with a talented roster is going to be strong because the power rating is built off your recruiting. So I, you know, I, I don't like to use that as my total measure, uh, but certainly is a, it is an important data point when we're trying to figure out uh, Georgia's going to cover 14 and a half against Kentucky. All right, final thing for Chip Patterson, uh, and then I might ask you a Ryder Cup question. Um, Texas, Ohio State, Georgia, all at – well, Texas is not at home. They're at the Texas State Fair, but it is the Red River rivalry with Oklahoma. Texas, Ohio State, Georgia, who is more likely to lose this weekend? Texas only because that game is bonkers, yeah. right? You know, I've, I've got very – I this is, this is some fun that we had today um, – Maryland has what looked like in a vacuum to be some really strong defensive numbers. And then you look at the fact that they've played Indiana and UVA and Charlotte and Towson. Right. And maybe that defense is not all it's cracked up to be. I think Ohio State will have no problems there. I think that for Kentucky, it's going to be really hard. I understand Florida is not a good football team this year, but – Florida to Georgia, back-to-back. Georgia in Athens at night. I think that's a really tough ask for a Wildcats team that may have poured it out against the Gators. So, yeah, I'll I'll go back to uh, deep-fried treats and saying hello to Big Tex (laughs) and uh, the Texas State Fair. But I I do think Texas wins. It is only my knowledge of how wild and weird that game gets that says that they are the most uh, susceptible to lose. All right, final thing for you, Chip Patterson. This is... uh indulging each other because of our love of golf. What was the most critical decision at the Ryder Cup? Patrick Cantlay not to wear a hat. <laughs> All right, I can't I can't top that even though I have an actual golf decision. Uh so I'm not even going to try. Uh that was gosh. That was the, ridiculous. What a clown show. Yeah. Come on. It, it's, it, it's, my buddy Gary Parrish put it this way. 
Like, Patrick Cantlay, you might have a point. I'm going to tell you that point's not going to land. Right. right? Like I, The hat doesn't I fit. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help Help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Rally, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, listen, we've been in those golf trucks. They can make anything fit, right? We can, we can get extra grooves on your wedges. We can bring in shirts and pants. We can make microscopic decisions to all clubs and apparel. Yeah. We can't, we can't get a hat that can fit. Just right? Sure, Patrick. It's just like you, I get what you're doing. I'm just telling you that in this moment, the way that y'all are getting run up and down this golf course, <laughs> you're – your point is not going to land nope. golf fans back here stateside. It was dumb. And on on that note, we say goodbye to my friend Chip Patterson. <laughs> Cover 3 podcast, cbssports.com. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Unbelievable. That is true. That was a, like the hat. It's just they can't find a hat that fits. You know, he said the same thing in 21. Just can't find a hat that fits. Like Patrick Cantley was always going to be on the team. I bet they could have found a hat that fits because, of course, that was a lie. <laughs> it's just a lie. And, you know, golf media just kind of chuckled and moved on. Nobody wants to challenge these guys on. It's like, come on, that's, stop, stop, stop BSing us. It's all right. But that's the way it is. Uh, there was a critical decision that was made at the Ryder Cup. This is not a negative one. It's a positive one. When, for those people who care, when Luke Donald chose to play alternate shot foursomes first, it took away the Americans. It shouldn't have, but it did. It took away Zach Johnson's ability to put Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth out first because Zach didn't want to use them in alternate shot, which, of course, is dumb, but that's what it did. It took away the Americans' best advantage which is a bunch of guys who make a lot of birdies. And once they were down 4-0 in foursomes, that was a hill too far to climb. On average, people spend over a third of their life sleeping, yet most sleep disorders go undiagnosed. I'm Megan Gigling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Sleep struggles left untreated can lead to health problems and have a serious effect on your quality of life. We've served the Triangle for 20 years. Let us help you get the sleep you've been dreaming of. If you're in need of a sleep study, a knowledgeable doctor, CPAP machine, or supplies, Parkway has you covered. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.